Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. This is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Pentecost Sunday is just as big of a celebration as Easter Sunday, as Resurrection Sunday. I mean, that's Yes, Easter is where Jesus rose again, but today we celebrate the birth of the church where the Spirit of God was poured out onto His uh, faithful 120 people packed up into a little room waiting for something they didn't even know what it was. Jesus said, just go and wait for the promise. They didn't even know what that was. They didn't know that it was going to be about speaking in other tongues. They didn't even know about that. There's only one or two scriptures in the Old Testament that refer to speaking in tongues and and it wasn't a teaching, it wasn't, there was no books out, there was none of that. They just, Jesus said, you need to go and wait in the upper room, and this is why. Because it may involve praying in the Spirit, but this is the main reason why we have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Here it is. You will receive power. Everybody say power. 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 Praying in tongues, and, and, and that seems to get the focus, and I know many are from different backgrounds and church backgrounds, and that's why we've been having a series of messages talking about it. Um, I've done another series on our YouTube channel called The Upgrade, Christianity Plus. If you are really wanting to learn all you can about praying in tongues and the gifts and the difference between uh, being born of the Spirit and filled with the Spirit, go and watch those services. We have resources available today with technology, amen, that can help us grow in our faith. I'm not going to do all of that today. I'm going to have you go to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read what happened on this day about 2,000 years ago on Pentecost Sunday. I'm going to read through the story. I'm going to share as we go. And then I'm going to read some testimonies. Many of you have written in. Thank you so much and given me permission to share these. And I'm going to read these testimonies, and worship team's going to come, and we're going to go right back into worship. And many of you are going to be filled with the Spirit of God. I pray all of you will receive power today in your life. This is what God wants to do to His church today. And I pray that in Jesus' name. So the series has been called There's More. And this is all in today, Pentecost Sunday, what it's really about. It's all about receiving what God has promised that's, that's what I want to focus on that perspective today. And the title would be, if I was going to preach a whole big long message, I won't, but this is it. You've been promised more. This is what I want you to know today. That you have been promised by God more than what you have right now. When it comes to your spiritual walk, God says, I have promised you more. I want you to know that. You've been promised by God. We've all been promised by people. How many's ever been promised by someone, you look forward to it, and the promise was broken? Doesn't that hurt? But let me tell you something. God, the Bible says, he is not a man that he should lie. In fact, Hebrew says it's impossible for God to lie. It is impossible. There are some things God can't do. I preached a message one time on the, on the three things Jesus, that God cannot do. There's actually more than three. But one of them is that he cannot lie. Another one is he cannot fail. They're all good, but he cannot lie. So when he says, I promise this to you, I want you to know that promise is for you. That's what I want you to see here today. So Pentecost Sunday, everybody say Pentecost. 
in chapter 2. Pentecost, what is it? It is a Jewish feast, still celebrated today by the Orthodox Jewish people. God started it in the Old Testament. There were three major feasts of the year that God said, I know you have temples and tabernacles, synagogues is the right word, in your home state or area of the world. But three times a year, I want you to travel to Jerusalem and come to the temple, the big temple. Many of us went to Israel a couple years ago and saw the remnants of it. It's ginormous. King Herod built it, finished it. God said, come three times a year and celebrate these feasts. One of the first one was Passover. That's the day Jesus died for the world. God, it was celebrated as the Passover, but God said, I'm going to change it. And the meaning is now going to be Jesus is going to die for the, for the sins of the world. That's Good Friday. And then he rose again on the third day. Fifty days later is another feast called Pentecost. Penta means 50. Some people are scared of Pentecost. Well, listen. Look, listen how scary Pentecost is. It means 50. Ooh, I mean, nothing to be scared of. It just simply means 50. 50 days later was the second major feast. Just like our calendar, we had Memorial Day, then what we got coming up, Father's Day, we got Fourth of July. These were Jewish feasts. There were three of them. And this was when the people gathered from all over the area, came to the temple of God to give God their offering and ask God's blessing on their crops for the summer. That God would grow their crops uh, healthy and they would be full and have bounty and have all of that. They didn't, but, but God turned the meaning around again and said, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to start my church. And my church is going to be the crop. And it's going to go into all the world until I return. And he's going to grow the church of Jesus Christ. They didn't know that. They just gathered for that. And then the third feast was in the fall where they thanked God for the, for the feast, for, that, uh, for the harvest. So you ready? Here we go. Chapter 2 of Acts. It says... When the day of Pentecost had fully come, that's day 50, they were all with one accord in one place. I would love to tell you how powerful it is to explain that little sentence. When we come together and we are as one, there is power in unity. That's why the enemy has tried so hard and he's been successful in dividing people and many times he's divided the church, even over this right here, is the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been told all kinds of different things about the Holy Spirit. Well, that's why we've taken our time and taught on this the best we could, and, and we have all these different teachings available because we want you to understand what it is. We want us to be united and seek God. When we get together as the church, the Bible says there's nothing that we can't do. And the enemy always tries to pervert and divide. That's always what he's done. He does it right now all the time, and he's done it over this. Well, they got together. It took them 10 days to get together. They, they went up into this upper room. There was actually 500 of them invited. Jesus invited 500 to come. 380 of them found something else better to do. 380 of them said, nah, I just can't make it. 120 came in this upper room and waited. They didn't know how long they were going to wait. They just got up there and they waited. Some of the times you got to wait on God. I said, sometimes you got to wait on God. Waiting stretches you. Waiting prepares you for the blessing. It's like your kids, if they ask you for something, if they just ask you one time for something, how many know you ain't going to get, especially if it's expensive? But you'll give that kid that keeps nagging you day in and day out, day in and day out. You start to think, this must be important to them. That's why Jesus said, be persistent in your prayer. 
Because it, it move, when you keep asking God for something, it starts to reprioritize what you want. So they were united and they prayed for 10 days for the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what it was. All they knew it was gonna, there was going to be power. So verse 2. And suddenly there come a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Look at that. Suddenly there came. Sometimes God waits, but when God shows up, he'll do it suddenly. There's a sudden work sometimes God will do in your life when he begins to move. Things that have been held up, trying to get that job, trying to get that raise, trying to get to that next step and whatever it is in your life. And you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and all of a sudden things begin to happen. I remember when we bought this building, we were stuck every time we prayed the bill and we wanted to add on. We kept getting shut down, shut down, shut down. And then when this thing came open, God began to just take everything, begin to fall in place. Suddenly this happened. Suddenly that happened suddenly this happened that's a, that's when god that's a kairos moment when god suddenly begins to show up and today i believe god suddenly is going to begin to do some things in your life today you got to believe that and expect that with me this morning suddenly he came in the upper room and it was like a mighty rushing wind and and it filled the whole house then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them now this was a a manifestation a miraculous supernatural thing that they saw where they saw a literal tongue on fire above everyone's head how come that doesn't happen every time pastor Eddie? because this was the introduction that every time through the book of Acts, people were filled with the Holy Spirit over and over again. It didn't stop here in the upper room. This was just the initial introduction. And when God shows up and he introduces something, it shows up with power. It's different. And he showed up in a mighty way with tongues of fire that sat upon all of them. And I love this next verse. And they were all. What's that word say? All. Not the pastors, not just for the religious people. It was for all. All were filled with the Holy Spirit and began. This just started it. They just didn't do it one time. It began a pattern. They began to speak with other tongues. The word tongues means languages. They spoke in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. All of them were filled. Everybody say all. I pray that all will be filled today with God. You walk out of here, you are just, your cup is so full of the Holy Spirit. All the way home, people cut you off, or the gas prices went up a dollar while we sat here. It ain't going to bother you because you're full of the Holy Spirit. You're full of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you. We are living in a day where you can watch the news, you can see what's going on, and you will get filled with worry. You will get filled with anger. You will get filled with anxiety. That's just how it is. But let me tell you something. God has provided a remedy, and it's called the Holy Spirit of God. Not church, not religion, not good vibes, not being spiritual, not being a Capricorn, not being a Pisces, not being educated, not having money in your bank, not being healthy, not being black, not being white, not being brown, not having kids, not being single, not being married, not having a full tank of gas, but being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Come on, give me praise for the Spirit of God today. Give him praise for his beautiful Spirit of God. We thank you. That's how you overcome these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Said I wasn't going to preach, but I will. Here we go. Hallelujah. I'm not. I'm testifying in Jesus' name. You can't help it when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's how you're going to make it. This is why Jesus said to them, don't go do anything until you get filled. 
Don't go do anything until you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And in the last days, Jesus said that there's going to be many that will have oil, will run out of oil, and they're going to go to sleep spiritually. The parable of the ten virgins, that's where we are today. Well, it's time to get your lamp filled with oil today. This is how you overcome. This is how you're going to do this. You need what has been promised to you, and he's promised it to you. He didn't just say some of you. And some of you might have this. I remember I knocked on some doors uh, and did Saturday evangelism for a while, and I came across this home. And it's, uh, that morning before I left, I read Acts uh, 8, Acts 19, all the times where people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Out of nowhere, God just had me read that. We showed up at the church, and we went to go knocking on doors. And I didn't tell anyone what I read. I was just my devotion that day. We went knocking on the doors. The first house we knocked on was this uh, young lady and she, uh, we told her who we were from church, and she said, oh, is that that church around the corner? And um, I said, yeah. She said, oh, that's a spirit-filled church. I said, yeah. And I was with an older guy and a lady. There were three of us. And I remember when um, she said, do you guys believe in the Holy Ghost? And uh, I knew something in me said, this is why you read this morning. So I was being trained. I actually, I was just, just joined that ministry. And uh, I didn't, I, I'm just standing there and I'm, I'm just waiting. We got in and, and our brother, she invited us in the front porch. And she said, I've been seeking the Holy Spirit, but I've been brought up in a certain denomination where the Holy Spirit is only for pastors and for elders. And I'm not anyone but just a, a, a going to church. My husband is involved in the worship team, but I, I don't do anything in church. And I read all in the Bible that you can have power and pray in this Holy Spirit. And that's what I want. And I remember they just kind of looked at each other and I said, may I say something? And they said, sure. I began to take them right to those scriptures I just read. And one of them was right here, that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. We sat there and I put the Bible down and I said, can we pray? She said, let's pray. Right there in the living room. I'm telling you, we begin to pray right there in the city of Redford. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Spirit of God came down in that living room. You could see like a smoke. I mean, I looked around, there was no one smoking. It wasn't that kind of smoke. Nobody vaping. It wasn't that kind of smoke. It was just some smoke. You could literally see the presence of God in that room. Power of God came in that room and changed her life forever. Didn't even plan to, didn't even plan to tell you that, but that's, that's what's happening. So they were filled in this upper room. Then they went right out into the streets because when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not meant to just stay here and have a Pentecostal picnic. We don't need to come in here and act more Pentecostal than we are out there. No, no. What God gives us here is intended to reach the community. It's intended to reach our family. So that's what they did. They went out into the street. Let's look what happened. And it says, now there were, verse 5, there were dwelling in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. Why? Because the feast was there. So people were from everywhere at the feast. And then it lists how many different... Um, where the people were all from. They were from all over the place. Look at verse 11. What were they speaking in tongues? What were they saying? This was languages that they heard them say. It says Cretans and Arabs were there, and they said, we hear them speaking in our own tongue. What were they saying? It sounded like gibberish, but what were they saying? They were speaking what? The wonderful works of God. They were worshiping God. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, it is a language that's not known to you, but it is a language somewhere here on earth, or it is what's called a heavenly language, 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak in tongues and languages of men or of angels, if I have not love, it's nothing. <laughs> that's another message for another time. 
When you get the power, you'll have the power to have more love, by the way. They heard them speaking in their tongues, and they said, I recognize that language. I recognize that language. And they were saying wonderful, you may not know what you're saying, but your spirit is praying to God. Your spirit is praying to God. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that. 1 Corinthians 14 says that when I pray in in that heavenly language, my spirit prays, but my mind don't. Isn't it just like God for him to create an avenue, a way for us to talk with God and bypass this stinking thinking? This is getting us into more trouble than anything. This little thing, I talked about it Wednesday night, was that little tongue and this right here. But when we get under the influence... It changes both of them. Just like when you get under the influence of alcohol. I talked about it Wednesday night. I'm going to have to bring that on Sunday. When you get under the influence of alcohol, that's what Paul used that analogy. It affects everything about you. Doesn't it? Those of you that's experienced that, he makes that analogy. Well, when you get under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it also affects your flesh, your tongue. It affects your attitude. Isn't it something how it's okay to be under the influence of alcohol? And some people can say things when they're under a whole lot of alcohol. You don't even know what they're saying. You have to have their wife or someone else interpret what they're saying. And that's perfectly fine, though. They're so drunk and they're so hammered, they don't even know what they're saying. And someone else who knows them will interpret what they say. Isn't that interesting how that is? You can get so full of the Spirit of God... It also affects your attitude. I mean, I, I talked a lot all about that there the other night, but I want you to see this. They heard him speaking in their own language. Then there are three different ways people respond to what I'm telling you right now. Three different ways. There are three different people right now hearing everything I'm saying, and it's right there in the next verse. This is the first one. Number one, they were amazed. Some of us are amazed when they hear this stuff. They're just amazed. And you're like, wow, that's very interesting. That's amazing. Some of you know people that were one way, and then when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, they were another way, and you're amazed at that. You're amazed that they're able to walk away from addictions. You're, away, you're amazed that they're not the one that's always talking about so-and-so. And always, there's just something. They're amazed. That, that's a good group to be in. I've been in Honduras and in villages up in the mountains, and one city and village was called Cuquiagua. I know it's a funny name, but I remember praying for a lady there to receive the Holy Spirit from a village. She didn't even have a TV. And we laid hands on, on a whole bunch of people to get filled with the Holy Spirit. She began to pray in tongues, and it was the same language that my mom prays here. And she don't know my mom. I was amazed at that. I've been in services where people have prayed in, in tongues, and I don't want to make it all about tongues today, but some of you may need to hear this. And they prayed in the, in the tongues, and we had a missionary from a village in an area in Taiwan. And he got up on the stage and said, dear woman, have you ever been? And he named this name of that village. And she said, I've never been out of the United States. And it, they stopped the whole church and made a big thing about it, brought her up there. And everything she said in that language, he understood. Not only that, it was his exact message that he was going to preach that Sunday. I was in that service. I didn't read this out of a book somewhere. I was there in that service when that happened. I'm telling you, it's, it's a powerful thing that happens, and it brings your prayer life up. It brings your worship life up. It brings your love life up. So they're amazed, and the other group were perplexed. They were like, what is this? Pastor Eddie, I'm, I'm interested, but what is this? Peter stood up and he explains it. I think it's important that we take time and we explain it, kind of like what I'm doing right now. We explain it so they can understand it. But then don't be that third group. The third group, they looked and they mocked. Don't be that third group. They mocked and said, aren't these guys drunk? Here it is again, another analogy. Aren't they drunk on wine? 
Don't ever make fun of the Holy Spirit. I grew up in church. One thing I learned, Holy Spirit will have you do the same thing you used to make fun of. I'm just going to tell you that right now. When you get all in. So don't laugh at that. The Holy Spirit will, will do that. But some mocked. So Peter stood up in the next verse and he explains. He said, no, they're not drunk on wine. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. These guys are not drunk. So we know the Holy Spirit fell in that, in that upper room right around 8. And they were up there for about an hour. Got down all this. Before he got up to preach, it was about an hour. He preached. I'm not going to preach everything he said. He preached it all. But this is what I want you to be. This is verse 37. Tell the person next to you, this is for you. Verse 37, they heard Peter explain it. Now when they heard this, they were, what? Cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They were like, Peter, I want that. What shall we do? What shall we do? What, tell me what do I need to do to receive what you guys just did. I mean, this is amazing. Some are talking this way. Some are confused. Some are mocking. I want it. What do I need to do to get more power? Isn't this a question we should be asking God right now? What, what do we need to do to get more power? What do we need, oh God, from, from, from you? How, how do we get this? Pro you promised it. How do we get it? Peter tells us. Are you ready? He says, number one, men and brethren, repent. Everybody say repent. Amen. What is repent? That means change your direction. You're headed this way in life. You're changing and you're going that way. That's what repentance means. It means change your way of thinking. This is also the first baptism. This is being all into God. He said you've got to get baptized all into Christ, number one. Secondly, what did he say? It's right there in your next sentence. And then get baptized in water. Then get baptized in water. You need to get baptized in water in the name of Jesus, being a follower of Christ, because you would get baptized in the name of the rabbi if you were John or if you were this guy. So you are followers of Christ. Peter says this is a Jesus thing. This is a God and he sent his only son, and you need to be baptized as a follower of Christ. He said to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You need to get baptized in water. That's number two. And then he said, you guys can all go home. That's all you need. No, he said, and then there's a third baptism, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's number three. And then the very next verse, this is our verse, for the promise, everybody say promise, is to you and to your children, because some of you have been taught that this ended when the apostles died. It's not so. It's like that dear woman told me that it wasn't for her, it was just for her husband and for the pastors at her church and the elders and the bishop. That's wrong, because look at this scripture. The promise is for you. It's for you. Everybody say me. Everybody take your finger like this. Everybody, everybody at home, take your finger like this and go like this. The promise is for me. It's for me. It's for me. It's for you. It's for you. It's for your children. It's for all those who are afar off, even as many as the Lord God will call. And then it says they begin to follow. He says, then they were baptized, they repented, and 3,000 of them were added to the church. 3,000 of them that day. There was thousands of people down there. You, you can picture what they saw. It was like being at an outdoor concert. You ever been, at an outdoor, you ever been to an outdoor worship service? Elevation or Chris Tomlin or somebody at DTE or Pine Knob or wherever, uh, the outside events. You ever been to one of those? And you look around, you have hundreds and even thousands of people lifting their hands and worshiping. That's exactly what they saw here, only remove the band. 
Because when the Holy Spirit shows up and fills you up, you don't even need a band. You don't even need a band. Nothing wrong with it, but I'm telling you, this works. This is powerful. And that's exactly what they saw. And they said, what has everybody got their hands up? And everybody praying to the Holy Spirit. Aren't you nervous and crazy? How come you're not trying this drug and trying this? How come you're not just trying to overwork yourself to stay busy? How come you're not trying to medicate your problems this way? How come you're not divorcing? You've been married already for five years. How come you're, you're, you're not divorcing? I mean, how come you're not doing all the other things? But instead, you're lifting your hands and you got peace and you got joy and you got power and you got strength and you got hope and you got love what's the secret what must we do to get what you want i pray it comes a day that our communities will look at our church and say what do i need to get what you have but it's not going to happen until we get what god told us we're promised promise let me i look this up do you know put that scripture verse 39 this is the main thing you've been promised the promise is for you. Everybody here in this room is for you to have more of God. There's this thing that's called un, um, unclaimed money. Have you ever heard? I had to look this up real quick. The government tells us that there are hundreds of millions of dollars in cash and property that is what is called unclaimed money. You ever hear that? Here in Michigan, if you go to, I looked this up just to fact check it. And click on Detroit.com, Channel 4 News, on their website. It's a real thing. They say, here in Michigan, here in Michigan alone, there are millions of dollars unclaimed. These are items left behind in safe deposit boxes, stock, stock certificates, and properties. In fact, one in ten Americans have money in unclaimed funds and property just waiting for you. One in ten of you. Some of you are checking right now. Wait till after service. <laughs> Let me show you something. Ten out of ten of you, all of us, have been promised by God to get more. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Are you just as hungry for the God more than you are for the government's more? Right there was just a way to test where your apathy was. Because I don't know if we would have all waited 10 days. Please get what I'm, because I want my heart. As I done told you this, as your pastor, I want everybody at River of Life to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, it's not, it's not that you get more of the Holy Spirit. There's a little doctrinal theology for you. It's not that you get more of God. It's that, that he gets more of you. That's what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is. And it took them 10 days to empty themselves. We, we just learned about that. We've been learning about this. Don't get stuck in your previous experiences. Don't get too familiar with Pentecost. Some of us get too familiar with this, and that's why we don't, go, we don't get more. Too familiar or locked into what he did in 1979. I'm good. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a greater, deeper, more baptism for you. And then the next week we learned about, Kavar did an excellent job teaching us how to empty ourselves. You can't be full of the Holy Spirit and full of pride. We've got to empty ourselves of the Holy Spirit. But he has promised, oh, I can go on and on and on. He promised, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power. Jesus said, I've been telling you this my whole ministry. You receive power. You receive more power. What, what does that mean? More power, more love, more peace, more joy, more anointing. 
Don't you want more anointing? We got an anointed worship team here. And when you hear good preaching and teaching, it makes you feel good. You know what that is? That's the anointing. A good talent. I'm a musician. I'm a drummer. And I, can, I used to be able to tear the drums up. And I used to love, you know, people would say, oh, you sound. Talent will give you goosebumps. Woo! But an anointing will set you free from addiction. Please don't ever forget that. Nothing wrong with talent. But there's talent in movies. There's talent in all. Hollywood has the talent. I still get goosebumps when Rocky music kicks on here in the, in the 10th round and he comes right on back. Da-da-da-da. I mean, everybody gets that. Or the Eye of the Tiger song kicks on. We all, that's emotional. And that's cool. That's exciting. That, that's chill bumps. But the anointing will bring tears. The anointing will set you in another whole level when you hear anointed worshipers, anointed musicians. Positive speaker will give you good inspiration, but an anointed speaker will break the yoke of the enemy off of you. Will break something that you've been battling for years. It's the anointing that does that. You could be a good parent and have all the good skills and, and all the good background, but an anointing will help you go further and impact your kids even more than what you ever could have imagined. It's the anointing. It's more when you get it from God. More power, more anointing, more peace. Let me read to you a couple of these testimonies. Worship team, why don't you come? Worship team, won't you come? How many wants more? How many could use more? More of God in your life. Those of you at home, how many want more of God in your life? This is the service where you're going to get more. You're going to get more. When I got saved, I got saved in, in the month of November. And I felt the power of God in my life. I had a lot of charisma, a lot of energy, a lot of, I was, yes, let's go, a lot of zeal, begin to read the Bible. But come January, it was, I remember feeling all kinds of um, battles, and it was like the, the newness was running off, was wearing off. And I really began to seek the Holy Spirit. And in February, I got filled with the Holy Spirit in the living room of my mom and dad's house filled with the presence of God. I cried for the first time in front of my wife. I'll never forget it. Crying was big. I had a lot of pride. No one ever saw me cry. I've been in courtrooms and stood before judges and and facing serious time. I've done a lot of things before I come to know Christ and was was just hardened by the streets and hardened by that. Crying was something that men just, we just don't do. And I remember for the first time, I'm only 25 years old. I stood there in that living room as the presence of God began to come over me. My whole body just began to tremble and I began to just, I almost stopped. I stopped because I didn't want my wife. That was, that was for me. may not be for you, but this was my thing. And I just began to say, I wanted God more than I want my pride. I want God more than I want my pride. Sitting here looking all cool with my legs crossed, talking about I'm okay. No, I ain't. I was fighting depression. I was fighting battle. I was being tempted to go back. I was tempted my tongue. I couldn't get victory over my tongue. I would go to church. I would read the Bible, but I had no power was my problem. I didn't have no power to take me to that other level. My headlights were on. I needed my head, my high beams on. I needed to go to that next level. And I began to let myself just rest in him and the the presence of God come over me and here come that prayer language and I cried like a baby and it changed my life from that day forward that's my testimony let me read to you a couple we had a, a woman write and she said I was raised Catholic and I attended church faithfully for most of my life I began to have a desire for more and when I was in my 20s I came to know Christ as my personal Savior and I began hungry to become hungry for more 
for the things of the Spirit. And it wasn't being taught the things of the Spirit at our church. So our family began to search out other churches who believed and taught about the Spirit. So we found one, and I was baptized in water, but I was never filled with the Holy Spirit. And for decades, I wanted to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I would not. I would go to special services. I, would, I have felt God's presence many times, but I was never filled and prayed in tongues. I prayed, read, even fasted, but was never baptized in the Holy Spirit. I began to have doubts in my mind. This is where some of you are. I began to have doubts in my mind that it wasn't for me. I've even begun to think for so long that I will never receive. I even began to question my relationship with God. Then one Sunday recently, we watched from home. We normally uh, attend in person, but that Sunday we were at home. I attended in person. We normally do, but that day we were at home. And on this day, Pastor had a word at the end of worship, and the Spirit was moving. And he said, someone has been seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit for a long time and haven't received yet. He said that the Holy Spirit is there even at home. If you would just ask Him to fill you, He will. Just lift up your hands and begin to speak and open your mouth, and the Spirit of God will fill you. I lifted my hands in my living room and began to worship. The Holy Spirit came upon me, and I spoke with other tongues for the first time in my life. She said, I I now use the prayer language in my worship and in my prayer time, and I pray for my family. Another uh, young man wrote, and he he wrote, and he he said that my mom suffered from schizophrenia, and I would pray for her to be healed. I want you to stand. I want you to stand with me right now. This man said his mother suffered from schizophrenia, and I would pray for her to be healed as a child, but my mom wasn't healed. And she eventually passed away, and it caused me to resent God for it. I started to go in and out of church after that. I didn't know how to process this, so I turned to alcohol, and I found comfort playing video games. I would drink whiskey and play video games. I stopped playing ball with my friends and just found comfort being alone. Then someone, I won't say who they were, from River of Life, they were the catalyst to me coming back to Jesus. This person heard that I was dealing with depression, addiction, and thoughts of suicide. They didn't know it, but they sent me a music video in the middle of the, of the night, out of the blue. But that night, I was in my basement dealing with my demons. I just took a bottle of cyclobenzaprine mixed with whiskey. The music video was by Torin Wells, God's not done with you. Put the song on repeat. And I prayed and I cried all night until the sun came out. Then I came to River of Life. There was Life Challenge was here giving testimonies and they were so strong I couldn't watch it. I left, went out into the car and watched the rest of the service on my phone. More and more I wanted of God. So I eventually ended up getting in touch with a pastor or a leader here at River of Life. This is one of our pastors. And I talked with him and he prayed with me. And he knew that I was there and I was still battling with alcohol. And he, he said, there's two things you can do. One, you can pour the alcohol out and get serious with God. Or you can keep drinking. The decision is up to you. I love our pastors. This guy, I talked to him again on the phone. And he said he loved every bit of that. He said he decided... He chose God and he poured out the alcohol. 
and went after God. I said I came to church again, been coming, and when I came, you preached about not limiting God and getting stuck in your past experiences that God has more for you. And after the message, I went to the altar and I asked God to hear his voice again. Years have gone by since I felt God, but I felt a little bit of his power that day. And now I'm hungry for even more that that wasn't enough. And I need to get more in his word and continue uh, everyday conversations with him. And he goes on and on and on. He said, he has renewed my strength and I'm ready for the great things to come. Thank you for delivering such a message that was long overdue. Got one more. Give God praise for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Another woman writes, thank you so much for your testimonies, by the way. And she writes and she says, I've been seeking the Holy Spirit for two years. And every time there was an opportunity at church, I would ask for prayer, but then I would stop because I was afraid of what would happen and what people might think. I was afraid to be in front of so many people. So then I began to ask to be filled at home. (laughs) And I would not get filled. But God did give me two dreams. And in both of my dreams, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and was praying in tongues. So recently I was praying and the Lord was wanting my whole heart. I knew that God was wanting me fully to him. So I literally told God from now on, I am all in. I came to church that Sunday and pastor spoke about being all in. I couldn't believe it. But I knew this was my day came up to the altar and I felt the presence of God so strong that I couldn't stand and I went down to the floor and I felt weak and stayed at the altar praying and then I began to pray in the Holy Spirit I will never forget that day I love it she said I was so overwhelmed by my experience I went to work on Monday and I told everybody just that I got filled with the Holy Spirit and the devil ain't gonna steal my joy come on come on come on come on I got filled with the Holy Spirit what's your story What's your testimony going to be? Are you hungry for more of what God has been promised to you? So this is what I'm going to do. If you want more, I want you to come out of your seat. I want you to come up. We'll, we'll, make, we'll have you fit the best we can. But this is you, you and God. This is Pentecost Sunday. This is the day to receive your more. If you are hungry for more and you want the more of God, I want you to come out of your seat and come up here to the front. I'm going to ask our altar workers to come. Those of you that are at home, you can get more right there at home. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen